And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Friday edition of Football and Grits. I'm John Hayes. Again, you'll know it by now. I'll be here every Friday throughout the season with a special guest to pick SEC games, of course, against the spread. Hope you've been enjoying the show. It's been a fun week, and, and the SEC football games just keep coming. This is truly a unique year where week after week after week, this 10-game conference schedule has been fast and furious. Uh, I'm thrilled this week uh, to invite a friend and a, and a college football legend onto the show, uh, Tony Barnhart, also known as, of course, Mr. College Football. Tony spent 25 years as the national college football reporter at the AJC. That's the Atlantic Journal-Constitution. Worked with CBS Sports before joining the SEC Network during its launch in 2014. Tony, thanks so much for being here on the show, and congratulations, by the way, on your recent induction into the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame. What an accomplishment. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate it. I've had the the great fortune to work with a lot of good people, and they they make me look a lot smarter than I really am, and you're you're one of those. I miss working with you on a regular basis like we used to, but... uh, Thanks on the Hall of Fame. That's uh, that's when you grow up uh, a little boy in the state of Georgia, you don't know if those things ever come your way, and uh, that's a really a it's a tribute to my family and my friends and all the great professionals I've worked with over the years. And, and as you heard Tony mention, he and I worked together at the SEC Network for a while as well. When Tony would fill in for for Paul Feinbaum on the Paul Feinbaum Show, I enjoyed those days. By the way, Tony, they were always a, a, a fun change of pace. And and if you don't know Tony like I do, uh, I'll tell you this much: uh, yeah, he's a Georgia Sports Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Fame guy as well. Uh, Tony's the type of guy that um, I'd love to hang out with on a college football Saturday, kick back and watch some games. Well, thank you, John. I, I appreciate that. Well, I promise you this: no, nobody had more fun than we did when I was subbing for Paul. We <laughs> we we absolutely had a blast. We're going to pick games this week. That's why you're here. That's why I'm here. By the way, we're going to have some fun, and and we do it against the spread, which which makes it a little bit more interesting. But the good news is, is you know, this week compared to the first three weeks of the season, a lot of these numbers are are short. Uh, the biggest number that we're going to see today is six and a half. Georgia at Alabama right now, a six and a half point favorite. Texas A&M heads to Mississippi State. Mississippi State's a home dog, which by the way, Tony, one thing we do like on the, the Friday episode of Football and Grits is a live home dog. And I'm not just talking <laughs> about the Bulldogs. I'm talking about catching points at home. Um, I home love dog. home underdogs. And uh, Kentucky as well on the road at Tennessee. Tennessee a six point favorite at home. And Auburn on the road at South Carolina. Guess what? The Gamecocks, another home dog. We'll get into those matchups. But first, I want to start with Georgia at Alabama. This is the game of the week. It kind of feels like this is the game of the season as well. Alabama, six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Tony, how do you see this matchup? 
I tell you, John, that that number, that number, you, you know, you, you and I follow this stuff over the years. Invariably, they, they'll set the line, and then all the Alabama money will come in. Yes. And then they start making the adjustments. Six and a half, to me, looks like a high number. That's a lot of points for this game. I can see Alabama winning by a field goal. I can see Georgia winning by a field goal. Uh, here, to me, this the key to the game is pretty simple. If the game is played in the 20s, if Georgia, with that great defense, can keep the game in the 20s, they can win. If the game gets in the 30s, high 30s, I don't think Georgia can win that game because by the way that they're built offensively is not set up for that kind of game. Uh, if you watch Georgia, they, they just have dominated uh, teams in the second half as that defense really cranks up. So for my, for my money, I don't bet, <laughs> but, but for entertainment purposes only, as we say, uh, I'm going to take Georgia and the six and a half. Yeah, I, I think at this point, and, and Chris Felica, who is as plugged in as anybody in the business when it comes to these numbers, uh, a, f- a recent guest on our Miami podcast wide right here at The Athletic, you know, he dove in uh, to these numbers yesterday I saw, and you know, Alabama is a six and a half point favorite. That's not a great spot for the Tide. Uh, They don't have a great against the spread record or a straight-up record at that number. Uh, Alabama really isn't a short favorite, a less-than-a-touchdown favorite very often, Tony. Right. To me, that's basically a push because of the home field. Now, the home field advantage is not what it normally is because of the seating arrangement. But, yeah, I agree with you. That's basically when I saw that number, I said, basically they're telling us it's a push. And it's going to come down to who makes the plays at the end. So, yeah, I, you know, Georgia is one of those teams defensively. They can Georgia can win every game they play because of defense. Right. It is the if not if it's not Clemson's defense, it's Georgia's defense. It's the best in the country. Uh, and to give that many points on the road, uh, I think just just sets the game up for them. Now, Alabama, something fluky may happen at the end of the game. We understand that, but for now. Uh, it, Here's the thing: as we, you and I sit here and talk, what will this number look like later on? I mean, I, I wonder if, when the Alabama money coming in, if that number will change. Yeah, and and for full transparency, we're we're hanging out on a on a Wednesday morning, uh, talking, and, and there could be some significant line movement by the time. Uh, the show gets published on Friday, so we'll see where that goes. One thing about this matchup, Tony, I want to get your take on is Nick Saban with a chip on his shoulder. You know, when you think about the defensive performance last week at Ole Miss, what it does in my mind is it motivates Saban. It's right. he goes to the office this week and he says, "We need to make this defense better," and. Not only are we going to do it, we're going to do it in one week and we're going to host Georgia at home and show the country that my defense is better than what you saw in primetime last Saturday night. That scares me a little bit if I'm Kirby Smart in Georgia, to be honest. Yeah, well, and Alabama had no answers. And I I told somebody, I actually told my wife during the game, I said, it's a good thing that Coach Saban's wearing a mask or there would be some really (laughs) nasty lip reading along those (laughs) sidelines. He would not – he would not have been happy. And I agree with you. Anytime he's got a chip on his shoulder, his team understands that. But he, you know, he, he had a lot of praise for his offense and says the defense needs to get better. So I, listen, I tell you what else it comes down to, John. It comes down to this. If Georgia can avoid giving up the big play, 
because this is a big play Alabama offense now with Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith and the new kid Melchie that they that they found. They've got three big time receivers now, and Mac Jones throws as good a deep ball as anybody in the country. This guy's a lot better than people think he is. So they're going to set Sarkeesian. Steve Sarkeesian is going to set up the Georgia defense to run, to run, short pass, flat pass, dink, joint, and all that. And then he's going to take his shots down the field. Georgia has to avoid getting burned by those deep shots down the field because if Alabama can do that, they're going to they're going to win. On the other side, Stetson Bennett, uh, the I'd call it a long, long shot quarterback to be starting in this game for Georgia. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine uh, three months ago if I told you, hey, by the way, uh, Georgia at Alabama, Stetson Bennett is is going to be the starting quarterback. What, what do you make of this kid? Do you think he, he's got the the ability to lead the dogs to, to where they, they want to be? I would have said Stetson Bennett will be the scout team quarterback. For that. <laughs> That's what he would, he would be doing. It, it's a remarkable story, John. It, it really is. is. A kid who grew up wanting to play for the University of Georgia wasn't anywhere near good enough. Paid his own way to football camps, hoping that somebody would notice it. Um, and then he goes to Georgia as a walk-on because he really didn't have any decent scholarship offers, but decided he wanted to play, so he had to go to junior college, and so he left. And Georgia, all of a sudden, with a full quarterback room, now they're down and they need some more quarterbacks, and they bring him back and put him back on scholarship. And now he comes off the bench in the first game against Arkansas when things aren't going well, settles the team down, then plays well against uh, Auburn. So, uh, yeah, it's a remarkable story. And given what Georgia has, if the offensive line continues to improve, what he does at quarterback uh, will be good enough. I will say this, uh, they're going to try to light him up on Saturday. I mean, you know, the offensive line gave him pretty good protection against Tennessee. I promise you. And plus, you know, Alabama's defense, their their guy, Pete Golding, is under just a little bit of pressure right now. So I expect them to dial up some uh, exotic blitzes against Bennett. Yeah, I'll tell you what, no matter what side you're on in this matchup come Saturday evening on, on CBS in prime time, um, this is one of those matchups where, you know, the world has been a, a, a tough place since March. And, yeah. Just kick back and enjoy the matchup. Like this is this is awesome. Georgia at Bama, number three at number two. Saturday night on CBS. Just be thankful. I'm grateful that we even get to watch the game on on Saturday night. So it, it really really should be a good one. That's uh, Tony's on Georgia plus six and a half. I don't think that's a bad idea in a big time matchup like this. The trends are on Tony's side as well. Uh, catching that six and a half. Maybe it'll get up to a touchdown. If it gets up to seven or seven and a half, um, I would I would suggest to hop on that. There's no doubt about yep. it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's stay in the state of Alabama, where where Auburn's coming off a a close win, to say the least, <laughs> against Arkansas. Now they're headed on the road um, at South Carolina as a favorite coming off that game. Uh, Bo Nix didn't look great, but there's been a couple games this season, Tony, where Bo Nix played well at the right time. Week one against Kentucky in the fourth quarter, made plays. Against Arkansas last week in the fourth quarter, made plays, was waiting for him to step up into the pocket all game long. He finally did on that final drive, and Auburn was able to to kick a field goal for the win. South Carolina's coming off a big-time win at Vandy. Not a lot to take out of that game. Vandy's been been dealing with a lot of COVID issues and and, and isn't a strong football team right now. But the Gamecocks are only a three-point underdog at home, Tony. What do you think about this? Here's the thing with Auburn, John, is that, you know, I'm, I've been looking for Bo Nix to take a big stride uh, this year as a sophomore. And he, and the, the results have been mixed. He tends to play pretty well at home and struggle on the road. So that's the big concern uh, I have for Auburn. Uh, this, this is a big – look, they got dominated by Georgia in the second half. Right. Just like Tennessee got dominated by Georgia in the second half. But Auburn still got a pretty good football team. I've been disappointed in the defense. Uh, Kevin Steele's defense, Rodney Gardner's defense, the line up front. I, th- I thought they'd be further along than they are right now. But, you know, South Carolina, they've, re- you know, they've redone their offense with Mike Bobo coming in. So they've got a little more explosiveness now. Uh, I-, I like the home dog. I really do. I, I see. I just see Auburn going on the road and playing okay, but not good enough to win. So I'm I'm taking South Carolina in the points. Yeah, I like this pick a lot, Tony, and, and it's my lean as well. And there's a bit of an edge there too. We've talked about on the show, and it feels like sometimes you know when when Will Muschamp goes on the road, he's going somewhere where he's coached before, and you know, yep. he's coached at Auburn. He's he's worked with Gus Malzahn, and, and he knows that offense and. For all the reasons that you said, as far as Auburn being on the road, and and by the way, you're spot on. Those splits as far as Auburn and Bo Nix at home compared to on the road, it's night and day. And this home dog situation for South Carolina and the Gamecocks, they've got a good offense. They've got uh, playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. They've got some of the biggest corners in college football uh, on that side of the ball. And and Will Muschamp to me, and uh, you know, I go back and forth with you know, his tenure at South Carolina. You know, I truly believe that that's a program where he can be for a very, very long time. So I, th- I think that he can make it a decade there. And these are the type of games that he needs to win to make it that long. Exactly. Exactly. You have, you have to – first of all, you always have to beat the people you're supposed to beat. That's number one. Right. And then every you've got to beat some of your rivals. Like last year, he beat Georgia. And the only reason he survived a 4-8 and eight season was because he beat Georgia last year. There was a lot of pressure to make a change there. Uh, and so you've got these are the kind of games, particularly at home, you've got to win your games at home if you're not totally outmatched talent-wise. And South Carolina's not totally outmatched. 
the I think the offense under Bobo Mike Bobo looks a lot better with Colin Hill, the transfer quarterback. Uh, they they're running the ball better. They just look overall look better. But defensively, you know, they can't they can't give up the big play to Seth Miller and Schwartz and all those great wide receivers that Auburn has. If they can avoid the big play, they got a they got a good chance to win this game. And Williams Bryce Stadium, while it's not going to be full, there there will be an atmosphere there for this matchup. Yeah. Uh, and, and as we've seen across the SEC, let's let's talk about Texas A&M last weekend against Florida. I think the crowd made a difference in that matchup. You know, I think. We think about these, you know, sixty to a hundred thousand seat stadiums, and we say to ourselves, "Well, you know, twenty five percent capacity—that's nothing." But twenty thousand people can make a difference um, sure. at, at a ball game. So South Carolina will have a backing this weekend at home, and and catching those three points, we agree, Tony. Let's let's go with the home dog. That, I know that makes me happy on a on an edition of Football <laughs> Grits when we're both on the same side when it comes to a home dog. Uh, let's move on to Kentucky at Tennessee and Knoxville. Uh, Tennessee almost a touchdown favorite in this. The number right now, um, as of Wednesday, is six points. Tennessee gave Georgia uh, a, a really good game in that first half. Um, they came out of the, the halftime locker room and, quite frankly, threw up all over themselves. Now, Georgia played great in the second half. Don't get me wrong. That defense mm-hmm. looked phenomenal. But a couple early turnovers and things got out of hand really fast for, for the Vols. I think – they're a better team than that second half showed. Uh, on the other side, you've got Kentucky where in a week where the focus has been on how porous the defense has been in the SEC, Kentucky's defense has been an outlier along with Georgia. Kentucky de- Kentucky's defense is good. Mark Stoops has done a really nice job with that program on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, where do you sit here on this one, Tony? You know, it's a cliche, but I'm telling you, Kentucky's the best one and two team that you've seen. All right, think about what what they have done. Uh, now, yeah, they lost to Auburn. Auburn, Auburn won that. Could have won that game. By lose. the way, yeah, no, they were in position to absolutely win that game. But then they play Ole Miss. They lose to Ole Miss 42-41 with a missed extra point in overtime. Yikes. Gave up way too many yards. That's a game they absolutely should have won. Uh, and then last week against Mississippi State, against Mike Leach, who was who was a genius three weeks ago, they get exactly zero points out of the offense. Safety is all they get. And six, count them, six interception passes. Right? I like this Kentucky defense. Kentucky offense is good, too. Kentucky had three guys to rush for over 100 yards against Ole Miss. Now, of course, John, you and I both could run over 100 <laughs> yards against the Ole Miss defense. But I just think Kentucky is a – I said before the season that Kentucky would be a tough out for everybody they play, and that's the way it's it's turning out. So if you're going to give me – and they, it doesn't phase them to go on the road. It never has. If you're going to give me six with the Wildcats on the road, uh, I'm tempted to go with Tennessee because of the bounce-back factor, and they may end up winning it. But I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and, and take the Cats, and you give me the points. Yeah, taking points uh, on a Saturday, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I'm a big, big fan of, of of underdogs. I'm a big fan, especially in in close games, especially when that number gets up to six, Tony. And I think that's uh, a good pick. I'm on the same side, and 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 the reason why. And I want you to I want you to consider this. And 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 you talked about Tennessee's bounce back, right? But 
when you when you finish a game, and I don't think about momentum. Uh, they Tennessee wants to bounce back. There's no doubt about it. But when you play a hard physical football game on the road against a program like Georgia, there's a couple days afterwards where you're licking your wounds. And it's tough to bounce back from a physical football game like that and play another physical team on Saturday. Uh, Kentucky, on the other hand, they're, they're feeling good about themselves. They finally got that W. I, I, I feel like Kentucky is probably going into Neyland Stadium with a little more bounce in their step after not having to face that 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 Georgia defense. So that, to me, is a big part of this this, this football game in the fact that we've seen it, by the way, um, throughout the Nick Saban's tenure at, at Alabama. The week after a team plays Alabama, they usually struggle. And Georgia maybe yeah. is, is in that same boat as well, where if you're going to play Georgia, the week after you're going to struggle. Well, here's, here's the X factor on Kentucky-Tennessee, John. One thing I wrote last week was that the Georgia defensive line is great. The Tennessee offensive line is great. That matchup may be a push. And if it is a push, it's going to come down to which quarterback protects the ball better. And I said, and that will not beat Jared Garantano. That's what I wrote last week. Three turnovers by Garantano in the second half. So I I, I honestly, and nobody's told me this. This is just my observation. I think Garantano is going to be on a very short leash in this game. If, if, if he comes out and turns the ball over against the Kentucky defense that had six interceptions last week, I think they're going to go with somebody else. I don't know if it's uh, uh, Maurer or who it's going to be, uh, but they've got guys who can play. And if they, if, they have to, if they have to bench Garantano, they did it a bunch last year, all of a sudden things get muddled, and that's when you lose a game like this. So keep your eye on Jared Garantano. If he can avoid the turnovers in the first half, then maybe he's okay. But if he turns the ball over in the first half, he may get the hook. Uh, that would be an interesting development, to say the least. And uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. He's somebody that's been at Tennessee for a long time. And our Tennessee beat writer here at The Athletic, David Ubbin, um, on the record saying that you know the Tennessee fan base, when everything's going great for, for Jarek Garantano, it's fine. But once something goes wrong, that Tennessee fan base is is like a dog nipping at those heels, and they want to see somebody else come into the football game. Right. That could happen pretty quickly, and the tide could turn at, at, at Neyland Stadium on Saturday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
Yeah, I told you, by the way, ten, uh, that Tony spent 25 years as, as a college football reporter for the AJC. Uh, just hearing you talk about your writing now, Tony, um, where, can, where can the listeners find your work? I'm in business with three of my old newspaper buddies from around the country. We put together a website several years ago. Uh, it's called TMG.com, and TMG stands for the medical, uh, the uh, media guys, guides. And we are now happy to say under the Sports Illustrated umbrella. So to find us, you just go to SI.com slash TMG, and you'll find stuff. We've got uh, Mark Blauschen, who was with the Boston Globe for 30 years, uh, uh, Herb Gould, Chicago Sun-Times, 25 years. Uh, Mike Lucci, the New York Star-Ledger, for about 25 years. And, and Barnhart in Atlanta. Uh, so we've got, we've got guys from, uh, from all over the country. But we, uh, e- each one of us publishes uh, every other day. Uh, and, and we do our we – everybody on the website does their Friday pick six. So, I'm, I'm, John, I'm giving you a preview of my Friday pick six. Love it. No, helping you prep for uh, the column on Friday. Absolutely. Make sure you. you well, then, then I said, wait a minute, I can't do that. I told John I was going to do this. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? It is Wednesday, and those line movements matter. Like I said, you know, if, 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 if all of a sudden uh, some of these lines that are around touchdown, the hook gets over seven, and you're looking at seven and a half, that's always a, it's a good time to pounce him. But Tony's a great writer, so do yourself a favor. If you don't read his work, go over there and, and find him and, and make sure you, you read him every week. He's. He's the best in the biz as far as following the sport of college football. And experience matters in this business because it, it offers uh, a lot of unique perspective. I've got one more for you, Tony, before, before I let you get out of here. And it's the Texas A&M Aggies on the road at Mississippi State. Mississippi State, a home dog here, six and a half. Mike Leach has really given Bulldog fans the full Mike Leach experience in the first three weeks of this season. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, beat, they beat LSU and they bring out the bandwagon, okay? <laughs> Get on the bandwagon now. Then all of a sudden they lose to Arkansas and then put a, put a deuce, only a deuce on the scoring board. Yikes. Uh, Brutal. That, uh, it's amazing. You know, this, this is a fascinating story because the question is, I have, is, okay, They've been waiting for a signature victory at Texas A&M under Jimbo Fisher. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and now they finally have it. All right. Now, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to build upon it? Are you going to go on the road and fall flat on your face? How do you handle it? Does Kellen Mond, after easily the best performance of his career, does he go on the road and, 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 and turn the ball over and do things that are on? Here's here's the deal, John. The, the the week, the Monday after Mississippi State went to LSU and lit them up, uh, and Bo Pelini would not get out of man-to-man coverage. Uh, I call some football experts that know the game, the X's and O's, really, really well. I said, okay, what is the deal with Mike Leach in this offense? They said it's really simple. Just go call the guys. Just call Jimmy Lake, the defensive coordinator at Washington. He's seven and zero against. He was seven and zero against Mike Leach, his defense. And it's real simple. You don't play man to man coverage. You rush three. You drop eight. You play zone underneath and keep everything in front of you. And he'll throw for a he'll throw for a bunch of yards and not get that many points. Washington when Chris Peterson was the head coach at Washington, they did it. 
Chris Peterson was six and zero as the head coach of Washington against Mike. So, they, in other words, they've cracked the code. They know what it is now. And at Mississippi State has good athletes, but they don't have the great athletes to overwhelm. So, uh, and plus, Mike Leach has suggested that maybe not everybody should be in his program. Maybe there's some folks that are going to have to be cut loose. That does not help your locker room, John. So, as much as I. As much as I like the home dog, and this one, I I think Texas A and M is going to keep rolling, and I'm going to I'm going to take them and give the points. You know, I'll tell you, Tony. As far as the home dog is concerned, you know, we've already got South Carolina pick, so we can go the other way on this one. As long as we get one home dog on the board, um, I finish up this episode a happy man, and and uh, I think that calling out what feels like some of his players three weeks into the season, publicly, potentially could backfire in the in the worst possible ways. Mm-hmm. Like are are these guys going to to show out for their for their new coach and respond to that criticism? Or are they gonna say, Man, you just got here. We barely know you and if you're gonna do that to us publicly, like we're not gonna play for you. I, I truly think that it right. could go either way. And yeah. and we talked about momentum as far as Kentucky heading to Tennessee with it. Texas A&M has that as well. Any chance you get a, uh, an opportunity to ride Uncle Mo, um, go ahead. I do feel like, Tony, the number is a little bit steep at six and a half. But a touchdown win covers the number. And I think that is definitely an opportunity for, for Texas A&M. To, to, to cover that number. This this could be a sneakily one of the best games of the weekend. Yeah, it could be. And and you're right, that number is, is kind of high. Texas A&M lost a receiver uh, from last week's game. And so now they're, they had already lost Osmond, their best receiver coming back. So that is an issue. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, uh, you would think Mississippi State would rally the troops and, and play well at home after everything they've, they've gone through. But We'll see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my faith in the Aggies one more week, and when they disappoint me, then I'll, then I'll rethink it. But I'm, gonna, I think they'll, I think they'll, uh, I think they'll win by a touchdown and cover. So what we have circled for week four of of the SEC season, we've got South Carolina plus three circled. We've got Kentucky. Um, on the road at Tennessee, plus six circled as well. Texas A&M on the road, minus six and a half, and Georgia on the road, plus six and a half. It's going to be a, a fun weekend in the SEC. I think that these four games, and the reason why I picked these four games is because I think they all have a really good chance to go into the fourth quarter as, as close football games. And, you know, making game picks – Aside, hopefully we just get get a, get get a nice bit of entertainment on a Saturday in the SEC. Um, and the last thing I'll, I'll ask you before before I let you go, Tony, is you know you've covered this league for a long time. Do you think they keep the ten game schedule? Do they do they bump it up to nine? Uh, what 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 do you think yeah, happens? Well, a couple of things. As as much fun as this is proving out to be, I mean, every week it's it, you know it's heck it's it's heck on the coaches because you you just don't get a chance to breathe. Right. You just can't, you know, and so that's why there's going to be a there's going to be a bunch of teams in this league that are going to be six and six and four and five and five when we're when we're done. Will they go? Will they keep the ten game schedule? Everybody I've talked to said no. They want to get back to normal as soon as possible. They want to 
They want some of these non-conference. And, they, and they've got these, if you look down the road for the next 15 to 20 years, there are some great, great uh, home and homes scheduled, you know, with Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Ohio State, just as incredible. And they, and they don't want to give those. Those intersectional games mean a lot to them. So I don't think, I don't think they, will, uh, they will do that. Now, they could go to a 10-game conference schedule uh, and have one other Power Five team, and then play a you know a cupcake for homecoming or something like that. They could do that. I just don't know that uh, know that they will. I will say this: the TV packages are worth a lot more money if you do it. They really are. Uh, but you ask about nine conference games. I've been told that it's either going to be eight or ten if they ever did it, because nine is too problem. Nine means some teams would play four at home and five on the road. That will never fly in the SEC like it does in the Big Ten and the, the Pac-12. He's Tony Barnhart. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mr. CFB. Um, I'll be honest, it's probably the best nickname in the biz, uh, Mr. Mister College <laughs> Football. Um, he's the man. He's Tony Barnhart. Uh, read his work. Um, you can see him on SEC Network as well. And by the way, you mentioned those home and homes. They're so much fun for college football, and I can promise you, um, for the next two years, I will be at Penn State Auburn first in Happy Valley, and then down on the plains. That is what college football is all about. Uh, the neutral site games are fine. Don't get me wrong, but those home-and-homes where you can go to somebody else's campus and, and enjoy those non-conference matchups and, and meet fans that otherwise you probably never would have met, um, they're really great college football experiences. Tony, thank you so much for, for being our guest picker this week on, on Football and Grits. It's great to see you. It's great to catch up to, with you. I, I hope to talk to you soon. All right, John. It's been a lot of fun. That's going to do it for another week of Football and Grits. It's Friday, so that means we're one day away, one sleep away from what I think is the best game of the season in college football. I think we, outside of the SEC, may get one other game in the regular season that is as big as this one this week, and that's potentially undefeated Clemson going on the road to undefeated Notre Dame in November. But as we sit here today, Georgia at Alabama is the game of the season. There's no doubt about that, especially in the SEC. Next week, remember, on Monday morning, You'll get David Ubbin. You'll get Andy Staples reacting to the weekend in the SEC. We'll see whether our picks today prove fruitful or we'll find out if we need a bounce back week next week heading into week five. I'm John Hayes. You can follow me on Twitter at John Hayes on air. Do us a favor. If you've been with us all week and you've liked what you've heard, subscribe, rate, review the show on Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. It really helps get the word out and... I think we've we've done a pretty good job over the first you know month of this show. Really, um, I hope you've enjoyed it, and please let us know uh, if there's any future guest pickers you'd like to hear. Um, I can bring them on the show, and, and we can maybe have some fun with people who don't cover college football. Maybe some musicians, things like that. And we don't necessarily want to make it a celebrity guest picker, but we could, we could, because you know, at the end of the day, we want to help you pick winners 
And I think that's what maybe Tony and I did for you today. We'll talk to you next week.